Hey y'all, DFoss here. My goal with this Limitless Theory 360 podcast is to connect you with the very people that have positively impacted my life and will continue to impact thousands of others by providing education-based and actionable techniques to creating a limitless perspective on life. So my guest today is another fellow laser graduate, someone I met back um, in what, 2014, 2015. We've been well connected. We, we connected on the basketball court, connected in the classroom. Um, he's someone that does a lot of, of positivity work on not just who you are, but what you do and, and your mindset, taking action and not settling for less. That's something he talks about a lot something that I really, really agree with. And we always have genuine conversation. We always have bomb workouts together when we get together and do that. But he is up in Stoughton, Mass, and he is working in the law field. Um, He's a good dude, and I don't think you guys will dislike anything that he's coming out with. you got to make sure to check out his Instagram page, Stan Talks. He is the official mastermind behind that so stan what's good bro how you doing today hey man i'm living well how you doing can't complain man you know i we was talking about it before i went down to the beach ribs getting better and uh i'm living my best life trying to nah yeah for sure health is important you know what i'm on right now (laughs) i'm trying to get my body right as well it's summertime up there i mean it's here year-round but yeah Definitely. It hit, yeah, up in Mass is weird because it's like it'll really be only a, po- a few months where you really get to show off what you've been working with. The rest <laughs> of the time is cold or it's snowing or it's raining or it's hot one day, it's cold the next. So, you know, when that's when summertime come around, it's fun. It's nice. I wish it was longer, though, you know. Yeah, no, I feel that. But that's why I moved down here is because everybody wants to be on 100% all year yeah. round because there's no hiding it. There's none of that. So. The fitness and nutrition industry is huge down here, man. It's huge down there, yeah, I would imagine. Probably Cali, too. Cali's probably crazy. <laughs> Insane. But even then, it gets way colder there. Yeah, I heard. I heard mm-hmm. it'd be cold in Cali, but what's really cold? I mean, I'm from Mass. Yeah. <laughs> like, really Born and raised. That colder than like yeah, no, that's a good point. And, like, Mass compared to, like, northern Vermont, that's not yeah. even – it doesn't even feel the same. Feel nothing, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not even the same conversation. Nah, like know? we had plenty of people at school walking around in shorts during the middle of the winter. And like, exactly. what are you doing, bro? <laughs> exactly. It's wild. So, what's the latest and greatest, bro? What's What's new? What are you working on? What I'm working on right now, we got the free game podcast coming real soon. That's just a podcast where I chop it up with my friends about. You know, certain topics, whether it be politics, relationships, um, it, it ranges of anything, sports, um, our generation, what we're going through as men, um, what's going on as far as the police force up in mass, you know, a, a variety of topics. And then, you know, I'm also starting like a series of videos where I'm getting questioned about my topics and what I bring forth with Stan Talks. Um, I don't know if you follow Prince O'Donnell on IG, but kind of like his videos, um, okay. where it's like a like a, like a, a minute or a minute and a half blurb of just me talking about a particular thing, um, yeah. whether, it be, whether it be love, whether it be, you know, what it means to be in a relationship, which, what it means to motivate, what motivate means to me, what motivation means to me, a variety of topics, you know? Have so, you have you checked out Jay Shetty? You familiar with Jay Shetty? No, nah, I'm not familiar with Jay Shetty. Yo, you got to dive into his world, man. He's real deal. Um, he was a monk for like four oh, years. Oh, really? He was a monk for like four years, and now he, he came back to – he's from London originally, went to train as a monk for years, and then – came back and started like a media company and he became massively massively famous through his his videos about um anything from mindset to love and compassion and uh, you know making better choices positivity all of that stuff all the stuff that we love 
I just watched his um his video on Red Table Talk with Okay, okay. Red Table Talk is a good platform. Yo, I just I just got put onto that. I had never heard of it before. I didn't know anything about it. And then Mark Mark hit me up and was like, Yo, have you watched the Jay Shetty or the um who oh Kid Cuddy, Kid Cuddy video on Red Table Talk? I watched both of those and then I watched the one with Common. I was like, damn, where damn. Yeah, this is elite. Where, where, where's Red Table Talk been? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a huge platform. Even Aisha Curry went on there and said something that, you know, not many people agreed with, but, you know, it is what it is. But, no. you know, that's a conversation for a different day. If y'all yeah. want to check out the Red Table Talk, do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're finna get into basically video blogs. Yeah. Uh, blogs of, of just talking about specific topics and, and your mindset and your beliefs on them exactly exactly and like my goal is just to get to a thousand by the time the winner comes like a thousand followers on ig yeah. once i get to a thousand followers on ig i feel like i'll be able to have a youtube page where people can subscribe to because mm-hmm. i want there to be some 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 type of push behind the, the youtube page i don't just want to start a youtube page and have like not that many followers where people aren't really subscribing. So I want to have like a base, a certain amount of followers. And then with that certain amount of followers, I can start a YouTube page and, you know, we'll start off with probably like a couple hundred subscribers and then we'll move forward from there. That's for sure. You know? that. so, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Aside from me just posting my daily messages um, on Stan Talks and yeah. touch somebody. I think the whole purpose of Stan Talks is just to, it's just to touch one person that day. I don't really care about, you know, reaching masses of people like, like three million views. I don't. I don't really care as long as it was one person that was affected by that that day. Like, oh man, that got me through that day. Like, you know, that's all I really care about. You know what's funny too um, is it's so normal for people to understand something like Red Table Talk, right? And they. Did. They're like, yo, that's such a good platform. I'm going to go watch the video. And they like it. Right. But yeah. how many of those people take what they learned through that video and actually apply it? Exactly. Because it, you can have 3 million likes on Instagram, but how many people take action on it? That's what I care about. Mm-hmm. And that's why the, that those numbers are completely misleading sometimes yeah definitely misleading 100%. and if you can like you said impact one person to make them actually go take action on it then you see a whole different change in the way of life from your followers to you and the, the energy that you feel from doing those videos making that content that's where the real prize is i think i would agree with that i think you know people are misconstrued it's like you don't touch the world 10 million at a time you touch it one at a time yes you know that one person will tell somebody else that they know genuinely is interested and then that's how things evolve you know like 300 3 million followers 3 million views ah how many people retain that information you know it's not really about how many followers it's about how influential you are i mean with influence you know masses of people will move influence is what i think is the most important thing. I just want to influence somebody in a, in, a, in, in a positive way, not a negative way. Like I'm not out here posting pictures of random things that really have no base. Like it's just like people on IG are so vain, you know, like, you know what? I think the, the number one thing that's talked about with that's not talked about with influence is we have, we have people watching us looking for guidance, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to say something and hope that they take action on that in a positive way. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't consider impacting someone in a positive way or having positive influence on somebody is something that you talk about a lot. Yeah. Stepping away from the people that aren't bringing positive influence to you. No, because if you just let them continue to have that effect on you or you let them continue to be vain in their thoughts, you are not helping them. You are just allowing them to continue on that path. And that gets nobody 
anywhere. Anywhere, exactly. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, as far as just keeping the energy around you correct, like I told you, I was writing down a couple of Bible verses before we even mm-hmm. got on the on the call. Just like you know, some at a young age, you're always like, "Oh man, I'm trying to be lit. I'm trying to have friends. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that." But what you come to realize as you get older, you know, you check your phone, your phone log, or your your contacts, and you're like, "Well, who can I call if I need an emergency? If I have an emergency? If I need something like right now?" Yeah. I guarantee you, if you have 300 contacts, you there's less than 10 percent of people that you could call. Of like immediately, that would be there for you. So what's the point of you know, like having all these people around you impacting you, whether it's negatively or positively, if it's not benefiting you. Yeah. I mean, there's positive, there's positive beneficial things that occur. And then there's negative beneficial things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, did, like, for example, like if I want to go out and drink, like, you know, that's not the most positive thing, but that could be fun for a certain type of person, you know, going out and drinking and doing this and doing that. So I'll contact an acquaintance, somebody that I know, like when I want to party, okay, I'll hit this person up. But when I want to do something serious, like when I want to be a part of a podcast, when I, when I want to impact somebody positively, or when I want to do something serious, I'll hit this person. So you got to just kind of in that list of people in your life, just kind of place them where they need to be. And then that way, there's no strain when they do something funny or when they do something out of character or out of the ordinary, you're like, well, that person is just an acquaintance. So I didn't really put the, the title of friend on them. So that doesn't really bother me because I already know where they are. You know what I mean? You don't have expectations for that person. Yeah, I, I, like I stopped placing expectations on people that I already understand yeah. aren't of um, that much value, aren't yeah. beneficial to me positively. Like, yeah. you know, drinking is cool, whatever you want to do. I don't really judge drinking, smoking, whatever is, is cool for the time being, but is that beneficial and, to the longevity of things, no. That's why that per- person's an acquaintance, and acquaintances come and go. But yeah. yeah, not to veer off too far of what you were saying. Yeah, just eliminating the negative energy around you and the people that aren't benefiting you, I think, is, like, the most important thing as you grow older, you know? Facts. And that's a point in life that we're at right now is that, like, turning point. It's like the, almost like that fork in the road. Yep, yep, yep. And it's not to say that sends you down that path for life because mm-hmm. they always reconnect and rekindle, but that depends on your, your daily choices. And a lot of people our age are, are looking so forward to the fact, like, you know, so many people our age are living for the, the weekend. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that means that five out of seven days, they, are saying stuff like, I can't wait. Uh I was having this conversation not too long ago. I can't wait. And and that makes everything from this point that you said that until whatever you may be discussing or talking about, or you can't wait until, it makes all that in between mindless. It makes it useless to you. It doesn't have any impact. You don't go after it. You don't try to make the most of that. You don't see it as opportunity. You see it as, I just got to get through this. Through this, yeah. And that's what leads to the difference between surviving and thriving. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like you see everything as an opportunity to grow, get better, make more positive influence, or you see everything as an opportunity to just suppress feelings, get through it, put your head down. And not to say that this isn't good and this isn't useful in some, in some ways, right? We have those times in our life, but to make five out of seven days of your life like that every week, mm-hmm. where does your life end up when you're 40 yeah. and you get to 40 and 20 years went by like that right. yeah. because you wasted 70% of your life. And I can't wait. I can't wait to the weekend. I can't wait to the weekend. And it's, it's a, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. No, that's you find yourself in those cycles and self-awareness is huge because you can get you can step out of that no that's that's i think that's huge i think you know people um lack the ability to just be humble you know like appreciating the opportunity to just wake up and go do what you have to do whether you work a nine to five whether your schedule is flexible whether you train whether 
you know, you run or whatever you do, you're a professional athlete, whatever, you know, that's an opportunity of a lifetime that a lot of people in this country in particular don't have, you know, the poverty rate is hot. So yeah. you're over here saying, I can't wait till the weekend when somebody is like, well, I can't wait till my next meal. So you have to, you have to be humble in the sense of you've got to appreciate the little things you, you can't, you know, the, and when you say, you know, I can't wait for the weekend, the more and more you place value on things like, you know, going out for the weekend and going to the bar and getting a new fit, the less and less you value yourself. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So you got to be able to put value on things that are of, an, of importance. But, you know, at a young age, what do people value? You know, we t- we're two different kinds of people. Yeah. In a world full of people that, you know, want to follow the pack. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm 22. I haven't met any 22-year-olds like me. <laughs> yeah. That's sad, but at the same time, that's just the world we live in. Nice. So, so for me, like, what I focus on is just trying to touch one person because I know I can't touch every 22-year-old. Not every 22-year-old mentally is where I am. Yeah. So just to... Nor, not, nor do they want to be. Yeah, exactly. Nor do they want to be, you know? Not too many people have an understanding of where they want to be in life. So, you know, you got to just definitely, I think, as men, you know, that have moral compasses and, and strong character, you just have to be more more humble. You know, you, you've got to show more love. You've got to be more appreciative. You've got to be, you, you've, you've got to take a step back and realize that, you know, you woke up this morning and you have an opportunity of a lifetime and a lifetime full of opportunity that other people don't have. So you know what is what does humble mean to you um humble means to me it's just you know being being confident in your ability but not being arrogant so not believing that you're better than what you actually are you know because people gravitate towards confidence and people gravitate towards a humble man but there there's never been a humble man who has been vain mm. who has been self who has been self-absorbed you know what i mean like someone who's been arrogant there's never a humble person that's been arrogant um so what humble means to me is just appreciating the little things knowing your value as a person an individual um and and never disrespecting the path that was set before you like a lot of people try to say oh i got it on my own i did this on my own it's all on me batting their chest everybody got the lion tap but you know, there was a path set before you that you have to respect, you know, like you can't just cross the line and be like, oh, I did this, I did that. Like, well, it's never really been about you. <laughs> you didn't notice, like, it's never really been about one person. It's never been about just you. Like without your parents, you wouldn't be here. Without guidance, you wouldn't be here, you know? There reaches a point in time where you're making decisions for yourself, yeah. Valid. But prior to that, you know, it, there's things, there are people behind you that, you know, whether you know it or not, are impacting your life. Um, so you got to just be humble in the sense of just appreciating the little things. And aware having to, of that. You know? Yeah, you definitely got to be aware of that. And that's where every time I hear you have to be aware of the fact that the people before you set you on this path. Mm-hmm. Every time I think of that, and I think of how MJ, Kobe, LeBron, Magic, Bert, all of these people, mm-hmm. all of these these amazing players of their generation will say, I'm not the best. I have to give credit to the people before me. Like yeah. without Magic and Bird, who is MJ? Without yeah. MJ, who is Kobe? Without Kobe, who is LeBron? And it's like, that forever goes on. You don't know where that ends. And it goes it, it goes back so far to a point where you can't see. You, mm-hmm. you have no recollection of that. Yeah. That's where the conscious mind is dangerous because you can't see it, but you yeah. know it's there. Oh, it's there, yeah. And we're, we're always trying to put a label to something. We're always trying to understand what it was that started a process Mm -hmm. but i don't think anything is a direct start i don't think there's a starting point for any of this stuff called life you know what i'm saying 
Yeah. And that's why I like the the name of, of this podcast is LT360. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a circle, right? It, it's an everlasting, it's never going, like... It's it never ends. It never ends. Yeah, it's just never going to stop. There's always going to be a correlation from the past to the present and the future. Yeah. It's crazy. No, that's for sure. That's a, that's 100%. I think um, something people don't understand is that yeah, it's a revolving door. You know, history repeats itself. You know, yes. not just 100%. Yeah, history definitely repeats itself. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, a society of uh, different different things that change in society that reappear in different ways. Um, it's everything from, you know, the time you were six and, you know, the energy you put out, it comes back full circle. Anything you put out there comes back full circle. Yeah. Um, I think that's what people don't understand for sure. What do you think? Um, do you think it's fear that holds people back from, from understanding that? Or do you think it's uh, just lack of conscious awareness? Um, like fear that holds people back from, from, from learning that stuff or from recognizing that it is the case because I feel like, right. Ignorance is bliss. A lot of people understand these concepts, yeah. but a lot of people are fearful to have these conversations. What? Why? Um, I think I, I don't. I don't necessarily believe it's fear. I just feel like people don't care enough. People want to go with what's, with, with, with what's hot all the time. Yeah. Like I said, people want to follow the pack. People don't want to be different. People want to fit in. I think people fear being different because um, they're not leaders. If you look at any leader across the board in, in history, just take American history, for example, mm-hmm. any lead, every single leader was different in their own respect, depending on what they represent. You know, um, if you look at MLK, if you look at Malcolm X, those two, for example, they were two, they were polar opposites. One, you know, was like, hey, you know, violence begets more violence. So peace is the answer. And for a period of time, the other was like, well, violence begets more violence, but people respect violence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually he came around and said, you know, violence isn't the best thing. But What's in, crazy. In, in, in the midst of all that, like in the forefront at the beginning, they were polar opposites, yeah. you know, and, and they, they were different. Had, they were different. Had amazing impact on people. Yeah, amazing influence on people. What do you find it crazy that we learn about MLK in history class and we never learned or talked about Malcolm X? Um, no, I don't find it crazy because I mean, this is here's the thing the American school system is a business, yeah. So, <laughs> to, to keep to keep things flowing, you know, you, you gotta put, I mean, and here's the thing it's a business, it's a money maker but it's a belief system. You know, if you have a system, you have to have people believing certain things for the system to continue to go on. Let's say you had everybody in high school that was 17, 18 years old was like, well, you know what? The history we've been learning is false. That's just not the case. Yeah. You know, you would have a generation of people that would change the landscape of the system. And you, don't, and you don't want to, the Here's the thing about systems. You don't want systems to change. You put a system in place so it doesn't change. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, you know, like school and history and all that stuff is, is great, but, you know, it's a system. And for a system to keep going, it can't change. It's just like the criminal justice system. There have been minor changes here and there, but there has to be a system so that people fall in line and people, I mean, the more and more the system shows itself is the more and more it leads to people like wanting to 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 go against it so you got to just try, try to keep your system intact am i am i for or against systems i don't know it depends on the system yeah no absolutely um so it's funny that you you mentioned the criminal justice system because yeah. i know you work in that line so like where <clears throat> Now that we're in such a information and technology driven world where people can listen to a podcast like this or go on YouTube and fill their mind with anything, how are they planning to keep these systems in place? And is it even possible? Um, 
it's possible to keep any system in place as long as you keep the a blind cover over the population's eyes. But like you said, there's such a it's such an information driven world where, you know, I, as a private investigator, I go places where you know t it's not as technology sound and people people honestly aren't aware of certain things. Mm. Um, but with so many more people having access, you know, to technology to a computer. Um, you know, the systems, the systems will fail eventually, I believe, because people are going to have more and more information, just even just rights, like amendments, you know, yeah. if, if a police officer is talking to you, but they haven't detained you, or, you know, you're being questioned, and you haven't been read your Miranda rights, and you haven't been, been placed under arrest, you don't have to, you can invoke your Sixth Amendment right and not speak to them, actually, but most people don't know that. Yeah, I would have, but, and the only way for a system to survive is if people don't know. The, yeah. the less and less you know, let's talk about, let's, let's get into it actually system. So in America, there was slavery. Mm -hmm. And at one point, you know, people were getting beaten and killed if they learned how to read. Information is powerful. So if the more and more information, like I just said, the more and more information you have, the more and more freedom you have to, to be able to have an impact on changing the system. So with that being said, a system can go on the less and less people know, but the more and more people are informed, the less, the, the worse the system will get and the more the system will get exposed. That's why, you know, with the advancement of cameras now, everybody's recording everything. So the system getting exposed, you know, mm -hmm. officers, officers are supposed to be world renowned class trained professionals, elite at what they do, elite at speaking, elite at, alleviating situations with words every every 10 minutes every seven seconds somebody shot in america mm. by a police officer so now everybody has a cell phone that you could just click record now how do you get around a recording you can't that's exposing the system yeah see but without that technology without that technological information you can't expose the system so the more and more information you have, the less and less the system will be. So now do you think the people who are running the system should go after the technology advancements or should they use the technology advancements to produce the blindness that they want? I think they have to use the technological advancements to produce the blindness they want. I mean, it. so... <clears throat> You, not everybody is as smart as what <laughs> you'd like to believe, you know, yes. that's why, th that's why those words exist. Intelligent, smart, yeah. um, you know, discreet, those kinds of words exist because not everybody is those words. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an adjective you can use to describe everybody. To describe yeah. everybody. You know, if that was the case, Hey, everybody would be rich. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? So, um, you know, they have to use the technological advancements that they've made. Um, to continue to have that cover over people's eyes. Um, but education is freedom. That's why they say, you know, educate yourself, self-education. I don't mean go to college and learn how to, you know, sit in a course and be on time. That's not real life. What real life is, you know, managing a checkbook, managing your bills, understanding credit. Understanding, yeah, understanding how missing a credit payment could impact your score negatively and how if your score is not you know where it needs to be you can't really do much in this world yeah you know like without credit you can't do much so with the technological advances that they've made they have to keep um the blind cover over people's eyes but people gotta <clears throat> you know see through that i don't know how someone would see through that but that's something that you know has to be figured out it's something that we're I think me and you are both figuring out and trying. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like we talked about earlier, we just different. We two yeah. different people that aren't the same as people that are are that are that are our age. Mm. You know. So. so, in in fifteen years, right? We'll be thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight. Yep. Yep. Where Where do you see yourself, and where do you see? the rest of the country? Um, 
So in 15 years where I personally see myself, um, got to have at least two kids by the time I'm that age, you know? Um, I, I, I'm working on mapping out where I could build my own home um, instead of buying a, a home that's already, you know, been built. So I want, I want to build my own home in 15 years. You know, I want to have two children. I want to have... Um, as far as where this, where society will be in 15 years, I think eventually, like, there won't be as many people working the jobs that built America. Like, you know, like people at, for example, tolls. Everybody got easy pass now. Yeah. People that used to work the tolls were making a lot of money. Like, you know, they're there all night. They're there all day. But now it's a machine. So technology is going to take, in 15 years, technology is going to be, you know, so far in advance. We're going to look back at this podcast that we're doing right now and be like, wow, that is not good clarity. Yeah. (laughs) Like the clarity is going to be different. The clarity between uh, 2K11 and 2K20 is is ridiculous. Even just the video games. Yeah. That really aren't of any importance. That's a ridiculous change. Like, 2005, I was playing uh, backyard basketball on my PC, Windows 98. And now now it's like you can walk around with virtual reality video game going on in your your face. Yeah. Crazy. Like, I remember when I used to play Dreamcast. If you ask an 18 year old what Dreamcast is right now, I'd be like, what? What, What's Dreamcast? I never heard of Dreamcast. You know? (laughs) Like, or even PlayStation 1, like uh, the white one, play, the white PlayStation 1, you know, where you had to plug it into the system for the controller where you couldn't sit too far because it would nah. just, you know, so memory sticks. Like it's just the advancement of technology is crazy. So in 15 years, um, personally in 15 years, I'll definitely have, I'll be making a lot of money. Um, I'll probably have a few more degrees. But as far as society goes, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, I, I, I feel a change coming, but, you know, that's every generation feels a change coming. Oh, yeah, everything. So, it's like funny. you said, history repeats itself. History may repeat itself, but it'll be different, you know? Like, for example, prison systems, they say is modern-day slavery. In 15 years, I don't know if prison systems are going to be the same. There may be something else that takes over. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot more psychological focus. Like, as far as helping people mentally or intervening yeah okay intervention yeah. while you're there yeah. I mean, you're already seeing right you're already seeing people graduate college when they're in prison yeah right like that's 25 years ago if you said that people would have looked at you like you were psycho yeah you know what i'm saying yeah I agree. A, a big part of it too is like you know are we going to start to change the laws that imprison people Mm -hmm. with something as, as simple as medical marijuana, Mm -hmm. right? How many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are locked up for something that is now legal. (laughs) And now the government is making money off of what they billions of dollars. I mean, billions of dollars in one year, Colorado brought in like, an insane amount of money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's and, and uh on top of that i think i don't know man like in 15 years there's so much that can happen on a global yeah, global, yeah. where yeah. like i my mind goes so far beyond what's going on in in this country because we're coming into a time where the information and the technology is joining people from all different parts of the world more than ever before. And there's becoming this, this global awareness. Um, and like we talked about earlier, not everyone is aware of this. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is open to this, mm-hmm. but there's a global awareness of we're getting, it's not just our system in the United States that's trying to hold us back. It's not just the system in Russia that's trying to hold them back. It's not just the system in Japan that's trying to hold them back, but it's global, right? Well, and it's, 
this global awareness is growing between the people and the populations mm -hmm. and masses while the systems and the people that are running those systems are trying to, to stay in their place and make mm -hmm. sure that they know what is next. But it's hard to say what 15 years is. That's uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely hard to say. I mean, 15 years is such a long time from now. That yeah, because the last time we were, we thought about, I mean, 15 years for us, 15 years ago was when we were eight. So like, yeah. there's no real conscious awareness of what can happen on a global scale in 15 years for us. 15 years, yeah. Yeah. But all you can do is hope that, you know, people um, mentally are, are where they need to be. Hope, you know? but also try to put as much of that out there. Out there, yep. To impact those people and to positively agree. bring more awareness to awareness. things like that. So I would agree. Yeah, no, that's that's for real. Um, I think we're both doing a great job of that. And like I said, you push me to keep doing that. Those daily videos, something that I was doing a while ago, and I wish I continued to do Continue, it. Yeah. I, I need to get back to it. I need to get back to it. And I honestly been struggling in the sense of like finding things to talk about. Talk about? Yeah, and I, I've. I've said this before too with other people on here is like, I struggle with making a list of things or topics that I want to do and then crossing them off the list. By the time I get to the second one, I added 10 more mm -hmm. and then like I lose focus. Like, damn, I got, you know, so many things I want to talk about, so many things I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I just lose that ability to do, 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 do. I mean, for me, here's the thing. Anything that you've ever seen me, like, have on stand talks or talk about has never been written down. That's what's up. Never any topic. Like, I'll wake up and it hits me. Like, I don't know if that's a gift or a curse or whatever it is. That's like, different. You know, that's, it's just makes, like, that's part of what makes you different. Yeah. You know, like, just the topic comes to mind. Like, Or I'll be talking to my friend yesterday. Like, hmm, this is interesting. I can elaborate on this you know what I mean so it's just it just comes to me I, I don't I don't plan anything I don't like to plan I think planning leads to failure depending on what you're planning mm, but you know you've got to allow the forces <clears throat> of nature to everything comes naturally if it's for you it's for you what's understood doesn't have to be spoken about so you know if I just I just have an understanding of a lot of a, a variety of topics now I don't want to say I'm the wisest you know I have many years yeah to come but at this age i definitely would say that mentally I, I understand a lot of things that a lot of people don't which is why i think people gravitate towards me oh uh, yeah i would to totally agree you're a, <clears throat> a wealth of knowledge a wealth of perspective and i think that's what people are, are lacking in their own mind and their own life and that clarity yeah. of waking up and saying uh, I talked about this yesterday, but I don't think we talked about it enough. Enough, yeah. And, and for you to say, okay, let me elaborate. Most people, the the simple lifestyle that they live doesn't allow enough mental clarity for things like that to, to come mm -hmm. up. And that's agree. where I try to lead people, you know, it with, with health and fitness and nutrition and meditation, things of that nature, is when you can get those habits in line <clears throat> and make 80% of your daily choices benefit your ability to handle the 20% of negativity that's in your life. Mm -hmm. You, you really get a, a sense of humbleness. Like, damn, I really do have 80% of my life that is good. I shouldn't be complaining about yeah. And 20%. It's really not that bad because I'm aware that, it's only 20% and I'm aware that I have the tools to get through it. I have the tools to be resilient to that. Yeah. But agree with that. not everybody once again has the knowledge on what to eat, when to eat, how to exercise, why, you know, why is sleeping good? People don't even know. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like people just know that seven to eight hours is what they've been told their whole life. But when you're a kid, you always ask why, why, why? And as adults, when kids ask why, you get heated. You're like, because I told you so, oh, yeah. right? 
But then that leads to a 14, 15, 16-year-old who was never told why sleep is important. And he doesn't understand, maybe even as an athlete, that working out and practicing for four hours a day is just going to ruin your body and put you at a higher increase of injury if you don't get the sleep. But he was never told why sleep was important. So he doesn't see it as that. He just sees it as I was told this is the rule. I'm a 16-year-old badass. I ain't going to listen. Exactly. And then you get a 22, 23, 24-year-old who gets out of college. Now they're trying to manage a full-time job. They're trying to manage all the emotions of not looking forward to the weekend with their friends because they don't have the money to do so. Mm-hmm. They got bills over their head. They don't know how to pay bills. They don't know what a credit score is. They don't know how to get their car fixed if something goes wrong. And all of a sudden, sleep goes out the window and they don't they don't care. They don't they don't know why it was important exactly. in the first place. So they don't make it a priority. Exactly. And then you wake up in the morning and if you're not well rested, shit, you don't want to work out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You definitely <laughs> you definitely don't want to eat right. Eat right, yeah. that's one of them cycles that we was talking about and that's why i think we can change the the minds of the the people who are our age and older Mm -hmm. but it definitely takes more work especially after 30 years old if somebody is mindset isn't exposed to stuff like this Mm -hmm. they have they have such a wall built up against it like nah it's not coming in but if we can get into the school systems and start to teach kids from a young age, not just what to do, but why. Why? Yeah. That's what they want to know anyways. Exactly. That's what they want to know anyways, you know. And the, the essence of questioning is just powerful. Like, Yo. you, should, you should never not ask questions. Like, yes. You know, like, just always ask questions. Always try to inform yourself. But you know, like we said, the system is just meant for you not to ask questions. Oh, okay, I'm going to call the police. They'll take care of it. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, man, that's a conversation for a different day because I know we don't have much time left. But nah. <laughs> that's just, like, people don't even, people, ignorance is so bliss that people don't even ask questions when things don't make sense. They're just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to try to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. Yes. It like, was. You know? It's crazy. People really, because it's out of their comfort zone. They'd rather, because what are you taught in school? You're taught to listen and then take Sit down. Yeah. Ask the bathroom. So, like, do I want to interrupt something and intervene to ask a question that I may be judged by the people around me for? Ah, hell no. Mm -hmm. Because in the school system, you're, you're that kid. Right. And nobody wants to be that kid. Nobody wants to stick out when you're in school. You to be a part of the masses is cool. I mean, but there, there it goes with that system too. You know, kids are a reflection of their parents. So, you know, when kids are making fun of other kids or, you know, that's as far as bad as it sounds, well, not as bad as it sounds, but as much as you don't want to believe it, you know, they're a reflection of their parents, political ideals, ideologies and just themselves as a person you know the way the way they get treated when they wake when up they, in the morning. Yeah, yeah is how they're gonna is exactly how they're gonna treat others because they've normalized certain behaviors normalization is impactful and i think it's dangerous very dangerous we're habitual right we're habitual beings yeah now, the most powerful book i ever read was the power of habit hmm. i read it my junior year of, of school of, of college at LaSalle, bro. Mm-hmm. And it changed my perspective on everything, bro. Are you going to have to send and, it out, bro. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I, I, it, it was really the first book, like mental, uh, you know, a, a book having to do with mentality mm-hmm. that I ever just sat down and decided to read. And the reason I got into reading was from listening to podcasts of people that talked about, you know, improving mental health and things of that nature, just business uh, mindset, all of that stuff. And they, everybody and people in my business, people that I've been around for the last four or five years, always like, Hey, what books are you reading? Have you read this? You should read this. You you know, entrepreneurs and, and CEOs, they read every day, every day. 
And I just started to see that. I was like, okay, there's a reason everybody's reason talking. Why talking about it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to do it. And I picked up that book. It's The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Changed my life, bro. It, it made me so aware of <clears throat> everything that I did and why I was doing it. And if there was something I didn't like, how to go about changing it. Because a lot of people, they even if they do realize, all right, this is not what I want. I want to change it up. Mm-hmm. They don't know how. They don't know how the psychology of changing a habit works. Exactly. And that opened my eyes to that, and it's it's made me a better fitness coach. It's made me a better you know personal trainer, athletic trainer, nutrition coach, uh, you know business partner. Anything that I do in my life, it's it's definitely helped. I, I, I'm going to send you the, the picture of that or a link to it. Yeah, definitely send me that for sure, 100%. Yeah. But um, I, I got one more question for you. Yes, sir. Well, two more, but one more during this, during this topic right here. What is your biggest driving force for – not being average and continuing to talk about stuff in the social aspect and like social activism world? Um, I think it's just empowering people is my driving force. I don't, I'm not in it for the money. Of course, money is important, but I, I don't do it to get a bag or to get on the stage where everybody's looking at me. That would be nice, but that's not what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for the empowerment of somebody else. Like, if somebody could, if I say, if I say I were to pass away drastically, or, you know, God forbid, I would want at least one person in the world to be like, you know what, like, he really made me believe in myself. Like, he really touched me. He really impacted my life. Like, that day he made me smile. That's all I care about. I don't really care about the, the money, the fame. It's not, you know, that's, that's of no importance. That's not value. What I value is, is real, like love compassion empowerment like feelings like getting in touch with somebody else mentally that's those are the things i value and that's my driving force i love that that's it goes back to what we were talking about earlier earlier yeah impacting one person at the least at the very least and and the more the more you come from a real place the more people will genuinely grab gravitate towards you and that's when you put yourself in a per- position to be on stage and be impacting masses. Um, I think that's a an amazing driving force, man. Is there anything from your from your sports career in high school that made you that made you much more mentally? aware of what's going on in your head and much more mentally (laughs) resilient to the the things that are coming up in your life now um yeah even college sports but yeah just going back to high school yeah um a particular situation that happened my senior year um you know coaches preach about seniority and you know seniors are what drives or what the driving force of you know, any high school sports team is because they have the most experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their yeah, body. for any training. level, right? Yeah. yeah. Like in yeah, the pros, that's in college, into senior, high school, senior, middle yeah. school, and eighth grade versus a sixth grader. Sixth it's grade. the same, yeah. Your body's more mature. Mentally, you're supposed to be more mature, you know. So throughout my years in high school, I spent, I, I spent my second year, I played quarterback a little bit. My third year is when I really – start picking it up, working out every day. And then my senior year, you know, it was my time to be the starting quarterback. So I I played about five or six games, got hurt. Um, and throughout the whole time, you know, we went – we were we under, we were undefeated, but we lost one game in the six games. So we were five and one when I got mm-hmm. hurt. Um, and throughout that, you hear chatter like, oh, well, there's a younger kid that's much better, this, this, that's that. But, you know, we were winning. Yeah. So I wasn't understanding why, you know, everybody wanted someone else to play when we were winning. Um, and I felt that, you know, the coaches had abandoned their word. And as a man, when you – all you have in life is your word. You know, like, your word carries 
carries weight. Words have carried history. Um, so, you know, they gave me my, they gave me their word that, you know, this was my team. This is, you know, I'm the leader of the team. And, you know, teammates began whispering. They just began, began to be whispers. And, you know, I got hurt. And that was their opportunity to put in um, a quarterback who was a sophomore who they felt um, would help us win at a, at a greater rate. I, I don't under, I didn't understand that. But it helped give me the mental fortitude to understand that life is about politics, you know. Um, and that was my first little taste of, um, you know, that position historically has been played by a white male. Mm. And I'm in a town where, you know, it's predominantly white people, you know, but it's the high school was diverse. Gotcha. There were a lot of black people at the high school, you know, most of the standout athletes were black most a lot of people in in my high school were black so that was my first taste um of understanding of politics and and how words and people saying things are, are empty you know and it helped shape me in the sense of when i came to college i had a chip on my shoulder understanding that if people don't like you you won't go far in life mm. you know people have to like you people have to know certain things about you like people have to everything in life is political I think and that's what made me understand my college basketball career is that it's political mm. um, you know like it's clicky Yeah. Um, but I was coming from a place in high school where I was the man even on the football field before I got hurt I was the man on the basketball court I was the man and then coming to a school where you know where I'm looking at people that I'm just like this this kid is nowhere even kids that were seniors juniors I'm looking at them like these kids are will never be better than me like if you put them in if you put them in my environment if we take them to Boston we take them to a park they would just crumble yeah like, under the pressure like it's a different environment and I'm looking like okay so, yeah, I mean, college sports and high school sports definitely helped shape my mental fortitude and understanding that life is political and, and um, you know, certain things you can't take personally, but you don't want to abandon who you are just to fit in. Like, there came a point where, you know, not to mention any names, but there were particular seniors that guys were hanging around with or trying to be cool with to make a team, and that just wasn't me. Gotcha. So I think that played a big role in why, um, my first year, I had to leave the situation as far as the basketball team because, I, like, I, I didn't, I didn't fit in. Like, I, I wasn't gonna do what, you know, other kids were doing. Like, I wasn't gonna hang out with you and act like I was cool with you when, you know, I know you probably don't like me for any reason, for any reason that as out of my control. Yeah. You know, so that just gave me the um, mental capacity to understand that. Um, evaluation of oneself and understanding who you are and never abandoning who you are for the purposes of monetary gain. You know, college basketball wasn't that important for me to just sacrifice who I was as a man to fit in, you know, because in, in all honesty, I could have went D1 for, for, for football. I did. I chose to come here because I chose that being a professional athlete wasn't going to be my route. Yeah. So, you know, it just helped me understand that you can't abandon who you are. Don't ever abandon who you are to please others or to appease a coach or to, you know what I mean? So when I saw guys that, you know, were, were doing things like, you know, sticking it out, and I respect that, but you're not going to tell me that my value is less when there are guys on the court that their value is less than mine. You understand what I'm saying? So I, I wasn't, I wasn't with all that. So the value of their 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 own value of themselves is, is far less than your value of yourself. Exactly. Yeah, I feel that, and it it's crazy because you bring it to mind. I right my I played at Anna Maria, mm -hmm. barely barely scraped myself off the floor to get on that team. Mm -hmm. The reason I got there. I mean, the first three, four weeks, like almost the first whole month that I was trying to be on that team, kids was 
ruthless, bro. Every time I was, I was tiny compared to everybody. And I just hustled my ass off. Like that was all I did. I was quiet and I hustled my ass off. And yo, tossed like people, I boxed somebody out straight, tossed me completely out of bounds, like onto my side, not even on my feet no more. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? You don't deserve this. Like, you don't deserve a fucking jersey. You're trash. Heard that all the time, all day. Then <clears throat> I decided to leave that school for for education purposes. And I came to uh, LaSalle the first year you were there, too. Yep. And I didn't, I didn't get uh, chosen to be on the team as someone – who was on the team or, or a practice player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up living with who then became to be the next uh, captain. The next, the next guy, yeah. The next captain, right? And that was because I played with him in high school. We knew each other. We lived with each other even when they were on the team and I wasn't. So then, you know, I'm friends with Pat and Bevy and we're – living with each other and then all of a sudden I go back my second year and I'm like listen I'm 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 gonna try this again Mm -hmm. and then it's almost like because I was with them I was I was put in a position to have a a practice jersey to to have at least a chance to be associated with the team and it's crazy I never thought of that yeah like I was around people that were known i was around people that were the guys right the up and coming yeah the up and coming yeah so then all of a sudden i get put in that position and then people fail off and all of a sudden i now i have a jersey and then it's it's crazy that you bring it to light like that i never thought of it like that yeah i mean you know and i was aware of that when i was what 17 18 mm-hmm. 16. So, you know, I mean, I'm not here to be disrespectful to anyone. You know, basketball is over. If I want to get in shape and bust anybody's ass, we can do that any day. (laughs) But, you know, even back then, I just, everybody understood what I brought to the court, which was a little bit of everything, you know, passing, defense, shooting. I know I wasn't excellent at any one particular thing, but I was good at every little thing. Um, I viewed myself. I don't know if that's the case, but that's how I'm, so I'm so definitely I, not good at anything in particular. I know I can't shoot for shit, yeah. but <laughs> I'll hustle my fucking ass off and my basketball IQ is through the roof. That's what I play on. That's how I get by. I hear you 100%, but that second year, um, you know, felt um, I felt it even more political than my first year um, because, you know, Logan became captain. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was just, I just never understood how basketball, where I came from, had always been a sport the best player will play. Mm. Doesn't, you know, my coach was pulling up freshmen for, for cats that were seniors that wasn't pulled, that wasn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Houston, that wasn't cutting. Houston, yeah, because yeah, the basketball team where I'm from was very competitive. Like, you had to. You know what I mean? The best player is going to play. I don't care if you're 18. That doesn't really matter to me, you know? Um, so, um, and then I got to college, and I'm like, the best player isn't playing here. Mm. This is this is political. So I had to take a step back, and I was like, you know what? This isn't really That's uh, my kind of thing. Yeah. And now, you, now you're in a place where you've, you're on a different path. You're doing way bigger and better things than – you might have imagined yourself four or five years ago doing. Right? Yeah, I mean, I always had the uh, I always had the vision. I didn't know that in particular I was going to be a PI, but it was in the back of my head um, for sure. But now I'm in a position where I can actually conduct an investigation, a thorough one, on anybody I'd like to at LaSalle College. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's funny how the, the tables turn. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how the tables turn, and I could just you know, flip the script real quick and become the kind of person that uses, um, you know, animosity, retribution, and revenge. But it's not that's that serious. You. That's, that's not that. It was never that serious. Yeah. 
That's what's yeah. up though. I, I love that. It, it's um, it's funny. I heard. I feel like I I got that in the the Lion King. I went and saw the Lion King the live mm-hmm. action one the other day. Yeah. He said uh, Simba was like saying to Mufasa. He said, "Yo, so you're the king, and like you can do whatever you want." And Mufasa said something along the lines of like being king and having power. Um, like the power of being that powerful is that you choose to do good with it. Exactly. Those lines. And I don't remember what the exact quote is, but yeah, it's so true. But um, where can, where can everybody find you and dive into your world? I got to wrap up here because I got a client. Man, man, everybody could get, get at me, you know what I'm saying? Follow stand talks on IG. Um, Free game podcast coming real soon. Be be on the lookout for the previews and you know personal blogs about specific topics and what people have DM me and asked me about and I'll and I'll get to it. But Stan talks on IG. Um, to follow that Stan talks on Facebook is coming soon and Twitter. So cool. be on the for that. Okay. Word. All right. My last question. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Top five people dead or alive that you could have a 30 minute conversation with top five people top five people dead or alive that you could have a 30 minute conversation with dead or alive that i can have a conversation with uh lebron james mm-hmm. um i'd like to have a conversation with malcolm x um, I'd like to have a conversation with, uh, Dr. Sebi. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. I'd like to have a conversation with, um, I think John Quincy Adams, if he's not the first president or he's the second, mm. um, or the third, he's in the top five. <laughs> um, I was gonna say watch George Washington's first. Yeah, time. I know, right? <laughs> and uh, my fifth is um, my fifth is is uh, um, Jesus Christ when he was on planet Earth. I'd like to have a conversation with him. Wow. Um, that's real. Yeah, that's my top five right there. That's that's probably the quickest top five I've gotten so far. <laughs> so that's real. I like that. LeBron, Malcolm X, Dr. Dr. Sebi, John Quincy Adams, and Jesus. That's crazy, man. That's real. A lot of people I found were were falling into the trap of thinking of people that are alive. And I alive, said, yeah. alive. And it's like alive, yeah. dead people goes a long way back. Right There's back. A lot of people you can talk to. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> but Bro, this was a blast. I know we'll definitely do this again. I'm looking forward to hopping on that free game podcast when you yes, sir, yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, just just be on the lookout for that, man. You know, it's coming real soon. We got a lot of collaboration to talk about. Me, you, and Mark should hop on the phone again soon, too. Yeah, for sure. I would love that, bro. Yeah, we always had good conversation. But, um, yo, thank you again. Appreciate you, your time, your message all of it um thank you for pushing me to continue to to get these messages out here too so yeah, no, no doubt bro i mean i appreciate you for having me you know what i'm saying you've also been a push as well i appreciate the content keep pushing it out <laughs> thank you. keep doing your thing regardless of what anybody says bro i don't think i have a problem with that <laughs> <laughs> all right fact, bro. <laughs> all right everybody don't forget to check out my man stan Stan Talks, free game podcast coming soon. All right? In the meantime, be limitless. Peace. All right, Brody. Please, y'all, if you were able to take anything from today's podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and anybody looking to live that free and limitless lifestyle. Or you could even... Write a review or leave a comment down below for us. It'll be greatly appreciated. I'm also looking to partner with the best of the best in the brands and services that are going on in these industries that I'm discussing here with guests. And I believe we have some. So please go check them out and support them whenever possible. You will not be disappointed. Psych.
Today we're not going to talk about partners, y'all. I want to get real. I just want to be straight up with y'all. I'm coming from Rhode Island right now. I've been up here all weekend, and I've been spending time with family, and went to a wedding, and just walked around the city yesterday. Nothing but good vibes, and since we talked about you know, spending time with people that are real genuine in your life and that push you to be better, that don't play no more games and that just quite honestly are looking to grow every day. They have that growth mindset. I want you to partner up with those people. Those are the people that we need in our lives. And I think Stan would agree. And I think all of the listeners of the Limitless Theory community could agree on that. So instead of boring y'all, with some partners, I want to say thank you guys for partnering up with me and for being a part of my life. And let's continue to build this community. Let's continue to get good people around us that, quite frankly, are only worried about growth and getting better and improving day after day because that's all it comes down to. And long story short, we don't have that much time. We don't have enough time to play with people that aren't on that same journey. So with that being said, just have a great rest of your Sunday and go Pats. We on the staircase to seven. All right, y'all. Peace out. Much love.